Welcome back to another Ag Watchers. Just a quick update on what's been happening over the last little while. Uh, a lot of stuff happening actually at the moment, so it's always worthwhile just to put out a quick summary. Uh, good thing is we don't have to dick around with any sponsors or any of that nonsense, so straight into the action. All the, all the data's out just now, Matt, what's happening with uh, the rebuild? Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, the MLA um, has put out the February forecast or cattle market outlook. So um, still rebuilding. They, I did note that the pace of the rebuilds come off a little bit. So um, we're not looking. Originally, they were looking at getting above twenty-eight million head in 2023. That's been pushed out to 2024 now. So a bit of a slower pace of the rebuild and they're claiming that the um, northern markets have been a bit bit slower to get started but they're definitely underway now so um, yeah herd still going up but at a slower pace um, we had their rainfall figures come out that was showing just how wet we knew it was in uh, Victoria and South Australia and New South Wales so really wet start to the year for the mainland east uh, eastern states look pretty look, look pretty dry though in Tassie when we were down there yesterday yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't been much to Tassie in February in the past, so I don't know what's normal. But, um, yeah, it did look dry flying into Launceston, that's for sure. Um, I don't know how the rest of the country is looking, though. But, no, if you look at that that rainfall you put together, South Australia obviously flooded large parts of it. Vic, like parts of that sort of uh, growing region, it's all, you know, close to the 100th percentile. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's mainland, mainland eastern states, or a lot of areas near the hundredth or at the hundred percent. That's going to set things up well for this year, anyway. Mm, definitely. What about definitely. what about what about the forecasts on the Eki? Because that's the new thing that's been out and about for the last nine months. Is the uh, MLA's putting out the forecasts on uh, what the uh, analysts think the Eki will do? Yep, and they're still the consensus is still for lower pricing. Um, I think it was into the nine, uh, I don't know exactly off the top of my head what the top, what the um, average was, but it was, they're saying by the middle of this year, in, in the mid 900s, I think, uh, was the average. Um, some were calling it slightly higher, some slightly lower, but yeah, mid 900s. I still think it's a bit of a shame that it doesn't actually have individualized uh, forecasts for each analyst, mm. but, but that is what it is. Yep. What about the exports? Big exports. Uh, yeah, export numbers. So we had a really slow start for beef exports. Um, the lowest January figures since 2011, if you look at the totals. But for our, our biggest export destination, Japan, um, that was the lowest January start since 2002. Um, so, yeah, fairly soft for Japan. Korea, South Korea is still doing pretty good. They, were, um, uh, they actually came in 10% higher than last January. Um, and they're pretty much bang on the January average, uh, which is which is pretty good good result considering you know, we've still got pretty expensive product and low supply. Um, China wasn't too bad, below average, but considering they just um, they just banned another export abattoir uh, because of COVID concerns. Um, they, what, what, uh, what's what's the rationale behind that? Uh, they're worried about importing COVID into the country on products. Uh, is the the concern? I think. I guess shame they weren't too worried about exporting it <laughs> two two years ago. But no. anyway, well, you know, it was an accidental thing, of course. You know, of, co of course. Yeah. Uh, but the so 
when is that supply going to come on the market? You said a low supply at the moment. When's that supply going to come on the market? When's it going to finally start pushing down pricing? It has to at some point, surely. Yeah, it will. And it will do. Um, this year, we've still got fairly low uh, slaughter figures expected. MLA increased them slightly from 6.65 million head to 6.7 million head is what they're now thinking for 2022. So that's not going to do much. It's still going to be a pretty tight season. It's it's probably not until 2023 that we start to see some more reasonable numbers coming through and, and then by 2024 back to much more normal. Uh, and that could coincide, mate, with a with a bit more of a turn to a drier season. So we might you know, be caught with a drier season and enough of a herd to start to destock again and start to um, get slaughter right up there if uh, if we turn dry again. So that's you know, that, that'll certainly put some pressure on pricing. Nice. Where's your T-shirt? It's... <laughs> Yeah, I'm using it as a rag to clean the toilet, mate. Ungrateful bugger. I bring that all the way. Try and suddenly, suddenly an Australian is the, the manager of Celtic and suddenly you're a, a fan. At least at least Craig Dwyer is an actual fan for years. So you're just a bloody glory hunter. But anyway. Uh, mate, no, I've, I've been a, a fan of Celtic for a while. So, you know, that, that, that's my Scottish division team. Yeah, yeah. I kept it quiet. I kept it quiet, given I knew how much of a crazed Rangers fan you were. So I you had to. I'm not a Rangers fan. I'm not a crazed Rangers fan. I'm a. It's, it's oh, you're my, queen, it's, of, queen of the South. Queen of the South, and uh, and Rangers is my second team. Oh, there you go. Now, what, what about what's going on in uh, the Ukraine? They mean been invaded yet, or is it? too no, they, too, they, too boggy over there. Too too, must be too boggy. No, must be too boggy to get through. Uh, all, all the Olympics have started, so no invasion. Mm. Uh, but look, I think it's again, it's exactly what we said was going to happen. Um, we we've seen that nothing's really happened other than rhetoric, and to be honest, most of that rhetoric is coming from the peace-loving Biden. <laughs> and uh, you know he sent troops to to Europe, and you know constant. Oh, how unprofessional! How unprofessional! Bloody, Bloody Nora! Jeez, oh, um, who was that? They said yeah, they sent, sent troops. That was Biden giving you a call. Or was uh, it- that, that was the CIA saying, yeah. "Stop, stop talking about Biden." But yeah. but no, like the longer that we go without an invasion, you know whether 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 it happens or not. I don't know whether it reduces the chance, but the reality is I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, mm. uh, and so we've seen that price slide. We've seen that risk premium slide. And I think we've, we said it, I said it on the Grain Growers uh, video we did a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I said it on a podcast that I think we did when I was still in the UK. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the risk premium would erode. And that's well, the the the, uh, the podcast with Masha as well. She she was um you know, yeah very she, good. she she was of the yeah. view as well. It's it's all the West. It's all the journals. Stop stop reading mm. newspapers. Um, but you know we've seen in the last couple of weeks, you know, basically the last nine days, we've seen seabot uh, futures in, in Aussie dollar terms go from four twenty to three eighty seven in nine days. Mm. And and the biggest thing probably that's driving that is lack of a war. I did see I did see some other interesting analysis uh, in the last couple of days about you know Russian invasions and, and Russian uh, aggression, uh, which is quite interesting because it's about a correlation between uh, from a guy called Daniel Gross, director of the Centre for European Policy Studies, so not an economist and not an analyst, so but more of a policy type of guy, uh, talking about you know how Russia tends to get aggressive at times of high oil as if that's a sort of a trigger point 
you know that is the, the the danger zone when when oil prices get high or natural gas gets high that Russia's going to invade somewhere. Mm. I would have thought like without I read through the paper and I would have thought it's probably more likely that when you've got a country which is a large supplier of of oil and large supplier of of gas to the world mm. when they're involved in any conflict wouldn't that be a driver of the market as opposed to them just getting aggressive when they uh, when they see the um, uh, the oil price rise. Oh, I think no. it's, I think, you, if you're oh, a big exporter, if you're a big exporter of gas and those prices, why would you get aggressive when the price goes up? Wouldn't you get happy? Well, when you when you get when you get aggressive to push the price higher. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, egg, which comes so, first, the Russian aggression or the high prices? That we well, I'm, I'm 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 probably more of a view that the uh, the market reacts to Russian aggression rather than Russian aggression being prompted by a you know a high energy prices but you never know you know maybe maybe policy expert is is, is an expert uh, look the other thing we're talking about high oil and high gas we've seen high gas prices uh, for a long time which has kept fertilizer prices high we are seeing a bit of a pressure on that at the moment look I think We've seen urea prices go from in the Middle East in Aussie dollar terms again, going from about above twelve hundred dollars a ton to eight hundred dollars a ton in the past uh, probably probably six weeks or so, which you know is good. It's a good overall trend, but I guess it comes back to that discussion that we've had many a times, Matt, is mm. that when the overseas price goes up, it is immediately reflected in the price that we see in Australia regardless of when that urea was imported into the country. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if that happens just now. I wonder if that sort of... Uh, Sticky, well, there's an economic term called sticky downward pricing. I think that's what happens is when the... When the downward pricing pressure comes, it does uh, a slow to react. Uh, so, to react. So, so it's $400 has come off of it. Uh, I wonder how, when that gets uh, reflected in the local price uh, we'll see if anyone's got sticky fingers or not so, <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean i mean i'm not sure uh, for, is, is it sticky prices or stinky prices because they've been on the nose oh, who knows who knows you know what happens when you try and pick the bottom though that's it you get your fingers <laughs> so but and this is but it, but it is a, a you know we're taking the piss here but but it is a funny one in that you know, in October, even though that urea was already in the country, the price moved up instantly with with, with a number of sellers. Mm. Even though it wasn't it wasn't on a boat, it wasn't you know hadn't it wasn't a case of oh we're going to buy this now and then bring it across. It was already here, and mm. the market market goes through the roof, and that's you know considered to be commercial decisions. Fair enough, but a you know, four hundred dollar drop. I'm I'm guessing that we won't see a four hundred dollar drop. Uh, since in the last uh, in the last month in Australian pricing, but we shall see. Hmm. Not so, not until after not until after they've seeded, I think. <laughs> well, this is this is going to be the big challenge. Is uh, are, are we going to see a a big fall in in price prior to harvest? I still don't think we will. Hmm. Uh, the other issue is the fact that well, the phosphate issue. You know, urea. Okay, fair enough, it's fallen, but phosphates are still a big issue because China is still out of the mix. And uh, and that means we've got limited available supplies to, to to for for our requirements. And China's out until May June, so I expect them to stay high. 
I guess the other thing is Russia actually this week uh, banned the exports of AN for two months. Uh, the reason being is that they wanted to keep supplies within the country, you know, to uh, to provide it to their own uh, their own uh, farmers. Or are they using it for ammunition and bombs? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not else. not saying nothing, but that's a conspiracy theory I've seen elsewhere. So. So anyway, that's pretty much it. And I think we'll be covering Federalizer in a bit more depth next week with a, with a special guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one can guess who it is. If, no. if, you, if you can guess who it is, you don't get a present anyway. So, but Maybe you'll get free subscription to the podcast for a year. Free subscription to the podcast, lifetime. Okay. All right, lifetime. Why not? Uh, or you can be the uh, – you can, if you guess right, you can be a special guest. The 100th episode coming up. So it is not long, yeah. not not long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, funny to think that people have been listening to us for that long. No, so, we assume we assume they're listening, mate. We'll just be talking to ourselves. Well, well, we know the numbers, and the numbers are good and strong. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, probably it for the week. All right. Have a good we'll, weekend. Uh, yeah, and uh, see you when you got nothing on, or see you when you got a Rangers top on. I'm not sure which one will be will come first. Ciao for now. Actually, oh, <laughs> <laughs> bloody cheeky bastard. All right. See Ciao for now. <laughs>